Welcome into Tales Never Fails. My name is Steve Kramer. Appreciate you checking out the show. On today's show, we're continuing our draft coverage as we preview the safety position. On previous episodes, we have discussed all of the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, every position on the defense except safety, which we're getting into today. We did an entire episode on Dwayne Haskins versus Kyler Murray, and Parker also talked about the uh, positional value in that at the end of that podcast. So if you missed any of those, be sure to check them out. And also you can follow us on Twitter at TNF underscore podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate and review. I'm joined as always by Mr. Parker Hurley parks. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Safety position, really a uh, good position so far uh, in this draft. It looks like it could be a pretty deep one, not many top end guys, but definitely a deep class. Yeah, we were just talking uh, before we started recording here about, you know, it's tough to really say who the number one safety is going to be. You just got to kind of see where, you know, a lot of these guys, their careers end up relying on the scheme that they're put into and, you know, coaches putting them in the right roles to succeed. But uh, Parks, we can start here with Jonathan Abram, the senior from Mississippi State. Um, at the combine, he came in about 5'11 and a half, 205, ended up running a 4'4540. He ended up Leading Mississippi State, led the team with tackles with 99 tackles this year. Whenever you watched him, Parks, what did you like about his game? Yeah, like you kind of said, um, I know some people do have him as a number one safety. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like a tiebreaker situation. And we're kind of saying he's a bit of a scheme-dependent player in that he's going to play the downhill strong safety um, tackler. You know, he's not going to be that rangy free safety sideline to sideline. While he does have speed that you noted, um, it's not like change of direction speed. It's not like fluidity. Um, it's He's not the best in coverage, really. Um, but where he is best is just, like I kind of said, just going downhill at a very aggressive rate, um, very physical presence, um, kind of gets similar. And I wouldn't compare him, but he gets similar comparisons to uh, Jamal uh, Adams from the Jets, just based off of his like uh, pure leadership style. And, you know, I kind of even say that I don't get too, too into the character stuff because if you don't get to interview him, it's hard to like trust another person's word who you don't even know, you know, you're just trusting their opinion based on something that they may not have even interviewed the person either. So, um, but it sounds like he is a very, um, you know, tone setter, um, a, a leader, a presence, a team captain, everything like that. And that's where I feel like the tiebreakers, he kind of um, gets the notch over a lot of people because he's safer in a lot of people's opinions because he does bring that workers mentality. He does bring that Jamal Adams. I'm going to come in and change the culture with the way I do things. That's the type of player that he is. Um, and he does bring a you know, similar demeanor to his playing style with how he just leaves everything on the line. And really, you know, you, like I said, you kind of see that 4-4 speed um, kind of going sideline to sideline and run defense, you know, almost as an undersized linebacker, just really, you know, just see ball, get ball and just getting after the football. Um, he's a pretty good tackler. I would say that um, sometimes that can be to his detriment um, because he's so fast. And he, like I keep saying, it's so fast in a straight line. Um, and it's not necessarily as much as the fluidity and the change of direction where sometimes he'll just go and overshoot his task. Or, you know, sometimes he'll just go and he's a little bit out of control and he kind of needs to simmer himself down and, you know, cut back lanes and everything like that. So, um, and that's where, you know, especially in coverage, you can see him, you know, sometimes get manipulated. So uh, I know uh, pro football focus compared him to uh, Keanu Neal and it makes a lot of sense because he didn't play a similar role um, and Keanu Neal didn't play the role that he plays in Atlanta 
that he played at in Florida. So it's similar that neither of them played in that role um, in college, and then they could go to the NFL um, and play, like I keep saying, in that physical downhill, um, like Keanu Neal does for the Atlanta Falcons. So I could definitely see that. Like I keep saying, it's tough to say he's the number one safety because you don't trust his coverage instincts too, too much, and you don't trust, like I keep saying, sometimes he misses a few tackles, just over-pursuing things. But you love the fact that, you know, all that football character stuff and you love that speed and physicality factor and he is just a physical force he's a little bit undersized but um i think you can manage with him and i think he is going to get a shot up some people's draft boards because they know he's safer and they know that he's going to bring that aggressive mentality to the locker room parks the next guy on our list here chauncey gardner johnson a junior from florida at the combine came in just a little bit under 511 210 pounds ended up running a 448 at the combine um he did all the all the testing you, do, you could ask for there all the jumps the three count drill the 20 yard um whenever you watched him though what did you like about his game on the field yeah he's an interesting player and there's going to be a few guys like him where i kind of talk about um he's kind of really perfect for today's nfl where you know we kind of talked about it with the Patriots a little bit where they don't have a pass rush, but their pass rush kind of comes in the fact that they're so versatile in their back end that they can kind of match up with anything you throw at them um, in terms of their defensive alignments. And that's where Chauncey Gardner Johnson is just, um, he's a big physical player. Um, you know, he's like six foot, 200 pounds, um, you know, pretty rocked up in his size. Like you said, um, he's pretty you know, strong physically. And then he has some speed to him. So he's a player who, um, he played free safety, his, uh, uh, 2017, he played free safety and was just kind of a wreck in terms of uh, misses a lot of tackles, was really poor um, that far away from the line of scrimmage. And then Florida put him in, you know, uh, closer to the line of scrimmage last season. And he had a really strong season. Um, some, you know, he showed better as a tackler blitzing off of the edge and in run support much closer to the line of scrimmage. So that kind of eased some of the concerns that people had where, you know, if he's just going to be missing tackles and blowing tackles, um, it's going to be an issue. He still wasn't great as a tackler, still has some issues as a tackler, but it did decrease in terms of his ability um, in the box playing as that nickel dime type of player. And that's where I was saying that he's kind of a player for today's NFL where he has that free safety versatility to where he can line up in the box and, you know, like I said, the Patriots, one of the things you do is, you know, you show something pre-snap, you do something else post-snap, everything like that. So he can line up in the box over a slot receiver and then could drop into that free safety role. Um, you've seen him really good in terms of, you know, uh, getting deep um, into those middle of the field and changing directions. So he can do that, but also he is – he can play in the slot. And what's so great about him being able to play in the slot is that, like I said, he's over six foot and he's strong and physical to where he can kind of manhandle some of these uh, smaller receivers, you know, shiftier slot receivers. And he is, you know, somewhat quick enough to hang with most of these guys. But then everybody keeps putting bigger slot receivers in or bigger receivers in the slot, you know, the Juju Smith-Schuster stuff. And um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a player who, you know, everybody kind of says, oh, he's a small cornerback. We got to stick him in the slot. He's a slot cornerback, except for, you know, he's big and physical and can handle a lot of these bigger cornerbacks or wide receivers. So um, that's where, you know, he can handle tight ends who, you know, 
tight ends are just versatile chess pieces. You can you know check tight ends into the slot, but you can also you know if if a tight end motions into the slot and Chauncey Gardner Johnson's on him, and then he motions back in line, you can trust Chauncey Gardner Johnson to you know physically kind of hold his own in the box. Or like I said, yeah, he's going to miss you know a few tackles here and there, but he was better last season, closer to the line of scrimmage, and that's potentially where he's going to play in the NFL. Just in that versatile role of can defend tight ends, can defend running backs, can be a versatile chess piece in the back end because there's so many versatile chess pieces on offense now that you need a Chauncey Gardner Johnson on your team. And like I said, if you get that free safety versatility, it's kind of just an added plus, but that's kind of the player he is. He's definitely going to fall um, mainly because of the missed tackles, mainly because of the projection of, you know, one season at free safety, one season in the slot. Is he a little bit of both? You know, you need a creative mind or like, kind of, like I said, you have to have that versatility and be able to use his versatility because his versatility is kind of one of his uh, strengths. Some people are going to say, you know, tweener doesn't fit my system this and that but i think his versatility is one of his strengths so that's where the system that he gets put into and you know how he's utilized um if you use him in some of the ways that i talked about i think he could be a pretty good pro parks we'll move on uh, to deontay thompson richard jr from alabama at the combine he came in at 6'1 195 um didn't end up working out because he had wrist surgery about a month before the combine um you know didn't get a ton of playing time at, ba- at Bama because he's playing behind, you know, some really good safeties there that as they got drafted, you know, then he came in and played this year. Uh, what did you like about him whenever you watched him on film? Yeah, and he's a guy where I kind of said, you know, went through every single snap from Bama and like his first four or five games were – um, you were saying, you know, and I was saying in previous podcasts that Bama players don't get on the field too early. They wait their turn. His first four or five games was like, you know, sound the alarm. This guy's going to be a clear cut first round pick, um, just completely flashes all over the place. Um, you know, some of his best attributes are his change of direction skills. In that, you know, it's kind of hard and rare to find a free safety who can play single high, you know, almost in that Earl Thomas, you know. Earl Thomas is like once in a long time because nobody can defend sideline to sideline as consistently as him. And just like you, he forces teams to not be able to throw deep because he's there. Um, It's really hard to have that as like a single high deep safety. Um, And Eddie Jackson, a guy from Bama is actually kind of starting to come into that mold. I know the bears are a little bit more versatile with their safeties, but Jackson has that kind of rare ability to play that single high. Um, And it was looking like through those first five games, like Deontay Thompson has that rare change direction that rare speed that rare ability to read quarterbacks and just make plays on the football and then it's just like slowly his season just like seemed to fall apart and whether it was the wrist whether it was other injuries because um you know, despite a you know wrist injury, he's not running at his pro day and everything like that. So, you know, I'm not necessarily sure what his you know questions were, but as the season went on, he really did go from like a top 15. This free safety could be you know a transcendent type of player to um, just like slowly was just diminishing his stock. Um, like I said, whether it was injuries or whether it was just the grind of the SEC slowly kind of exposed him a little bit, and all of a sudden there are questions about his deep speed because as the season went on, he was getting burned a little bit more deep and you know there were situations where um, I think it was in the SEC championship game um, he was struggling to chase down Isaac Nada a tight end and if you could look at Isaac Nada's 40-yard dash you're just wondering you know where is Deontay Thompson's 40-yard dasher you know where is this player where like I said against Louisville he is just going from 
almost legitimately sideline to sideline in kind of one swoop um, to pick off a pass in the corner of the end zone. And you're just like, wow, this is, you know, if he can keeps this up, this is, you know, elite stuff. And then, like I said, all the way to the SEC championship, um, he's struggling against uh, a guy like Isaac Nauta. It's really interesting. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, just how teams view him because, uh, you know, he's not running. He has a wrist injury. Like you said, he's kind of a one-year wonder where half of his tape is elite, half of it's, you know, third, third round type of stuff. I mean, is he going to, be in that type of range um he is a really interesting player you know he's played against tight ends a little bit and looked fluid in that regard but also didn't really show the physicality that you want to see um and also kind of running downhill missed a few tackles here and there um i think he could be in that free safety role um i just don't know you know could he be a free safety who's just a little bit too slow for the nfl that's where it's like that's where he's not he's not a first round pick and he can't be because of he has the real questions with speed and nobody really i mean unless a team brought him in for a private workout and saw you know his speed firsthand nobody really knows of it right now so that's where it's hard to see him as a first round player because you need that like i keep saying that free safety and that's where he's going to be best because he's not the most physical and he's not the best tackler but yeah, I mean, like I keep saying, at his upsides, it's first round for sure. At his downsides, third, fourth round player. It's fascinating to see where he's going to wind up because, uh, yeah, he's, he's in a tough spot right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Parks. You know, he's one that you kind of just have to wait and see because there are too many like unknowns right now. And if, like you said, if teams brought him in um, for workout, they can kind of get a, a gauge for that speed. But you know, as we're recording this right now, we don't really know, but we can move on to Darnell Savage Parks. That guy, I know you really like, a senior from Maryland, um, came into the combine a little bit under 5'11", 198, but he ended up running a 4.36, which is ridiculous. His vertical and broad jumps are really explosive as well. Whenever you watched him, Parks, what did you like about his game? I'm not even going to lie. Um, the first time that I watched him, it was like somewhat late at night at some point. And I was thinking, you know, oh, I'll just get one or two of his games in and then I'll go to sleep. And um, I, I was just like tired and I had watched him like one or two snaps. And I was just like, wait a minute, I need to rewatch this. This is crazy to me um, because he is so freaking fast that you really do. You have to like rub your eyes, like kind of sit up and be like, OK, I can't just, you know, kind of just zip through this guy. I, I have to pay attention because he's insanely fast and you can see that speed. It wasn't surprising to me that he just completely burned at the combine because uh it's not just speed it's quick twitch speed like serious like long speed is one thing but he has serious quick quick twitch speed which is what you need in the nfl because a lot of this stuff is in a lot more tight spaces and a lot of it comes down to these really quick movements um i keep talking about it for some other positions you know safety at least you have a little bit of space but he's a player who like doesn't need the space and um you know one of his better plays was you know jumping around i forget it, who it was against now but he took it to the house for a pick six and you really saw some of that quick twitch speed um in coverage but some of his best stuff is just you know similar to uh Jonathan Abram just instantly getting downhill against the run and his ability to make tackles for loss is uh super impressive because of yeah, his just his just speed. I mean, just breaks up screen plays a lot. Just anything to the flats is just not going to happen with a guy like Darnell Savage 
because he can just take those angles and just gets there just so fast, like in a blur. It's crazy. Um, and he plays really smart too. And that's where he can kind of like somewhat bait you. Like I kind of said in that pick six where um, he can, you know, really just plays ahead of where the ball's going, where the quarterback's going and just finds a way to make plays. So um, I, I, you know I'm saying? I really kind of like this player. Um, I think he's a little bit smaller than Jonathan Abram and Abram plays, I would say more physical, but it just seems like, uh, like Savage plays insanely physical. And, you know, I wrote Darnell Savage plays like a savage because he combines that speed with just, you know, I'm going to wreck your day. Um, and that, that is the type of, you know, player that he is. Um, it's just, he's a, he seems a little bit more undersized than even a guy like Jonathan Abram who does seem, I mean, just like a little bit more um, muscular, I would say it is. So the th- that's where I think the thing is with Savage is exact is finding exactly where his role is in the NFL because he can play single high and he's he, like he has a bit like he obviously has the speed and I think his change of direction and football IQ is pretty good in terms of single high. But we're like I said, I think a lot of his best plays are going to be disrupting passes to the flat, disrupting screens, and we keep talking about the NFL's moving a little bit away from you know. One, two, three, you know, five-step drop, read the field, everything like that. It's more three-step drop, I'm getting the ball out of my hands. That's where Savage could be a really great player in terms of, you know, sniffing out these players, reading them, blowing them up in the backfield. So, you know, while free safety is a valued skill and he could potentially play free safety, he also could be really strong in that strong safety role. Um, But like I said, he's a little bit undersized for that strong safety role. And then he's also played in the slot for Maryland. So he can defend slot receivers, could obviously be be that backfield presence in that regard. And then you're a little bit less worried about, you know, when big physical tight ends get on him, they are going to body him where, like I said, they're not going to body Chauncey Gardner Johnson. They're going to body Darnell Savage. Um, Savage is probably like a more sound tackler than Chauncey. And like I said, his, uh, that quick twitch and football instincts are really high as well. So, I mean, that's where it's, it's tough. And, you know, where Savage is going to play in the NFL is obviously going to, um, you know, change his, you know, or determine his outcomes and everything like that. But he is a perfect player for today's NFL because like, I, I just, you know, noted why he's a perfect player for today's NFL. So he's going to be a really interesting player and he's going to be versatile in where and how you can use him and he can make plays in the backfield, but can also make plays deep down the football field. And that's exactly what you need today. Parks, another versatile guy. The next guy on our list here is uh, Juan Thornhill, the senior from Virginia at the combine came in at six and a quarter, two Oh five, ended up running a four, four, two. And then his vertical jump and broad jump were both in the 99th percentile for uh, safety. So crazy explosive, you know, a guy that, can you can move around as well, Parks? Whenever you watch his film, though, what did you like about him? Yeah, he's just an elite athlete who got a lot of people's attention at the combine. Who um, has some pretty good tape behind it too. It was interesting. You know, I was talking to you before the pod saying. I don't know where the Juan Thornhill hype is, but I think there should be a little bit. Um, And I think a lot of it comes down to 2017. He was playing outside cornerback. So, you know, we're talking about him as a safety, obviously. He shifted positions um, and somewhat similarly to, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We only have one real year of tape in terms of what he is. And even in terms of Juan Thornhill, last season, you know, you saw him. 
in that single high free safety role. You saw him as a strong safety down near the box. And then you saw him even, you know, as a two deep type of player. So he is, you know, um, he's, there's a lot of versatility with him, but there also is a lot of projection with him. But still, I think you combine what he was able to do with some of the versatility, with the athleticism. And I'm pretty excited about him. And I think he had uh, 13 interceptions in his college career, just a really ball aware player. So, um, you know, you kind of are looking at this player saying, okay, he's extremely big, extremely athletic, extremely fluid. You know, I, I put more stock into, you know, the three cone and the 20 yard shuttle, some of these change of direction type of stuff. So he's more fluid than you want, you know, too. So he can really move pretty well. Um, and you saw that in his, you know, some of his free safety play where he's, you know, showing the potential to go sideline to sideline, or he's making up a lot of ground as a potential free safety. And what you really want as your free safety, you know, Earl Thomas is great, but could you imagine if you had just like a, huge version you know with long arms who's not only able to cover a lot of ground but also has that physical presence of just being a huge player that can cover a lot of ground and I think honestly his best probably potential is going to be at free safety in the NFL um just being that huge player in that back end who he's not only huge he can also explode and move deep and cover a lot of ground um to like I keep saying you know if you can condense everything to, you know, okay, you're not throwing deep because Juan Thornhill has 13 interceptions at Virginia and, you know, he's going to make you pay for it in the NFL because his athleticism matches, you know, what, what elite NFL athletes have. So that's where I think he's going to be best. But like I just noted, I think he's big and physical enough where he can play against tight ends and coverage. Um, I think one of the issues with him is he does struggle pretty much with angles a little bit. I'm not in love with him against the run. Um, and that's where I think, you know, there's some projection with him. There's a little bit more, you know, questions to him. And he's that, like that big player who you could stick in the box, but is he perfect there? That's right. You know, and he could play a lot of people are thinking, move him to the outside again, because, you know, uh, he's similar to Byron Jones from Connecticut who, you know, I was telling you, you know, Byron Jones is a player who was, nobody talked about him. Nobody talked about him. He's a, is he a corner? Is he a safety? You know, he's everything I just described with Juan Thornhill. Then he goes to the combine, absolutely blows up the combine. And then he's a lock for round one, ends up going round one to Dallas and Dallas uses him um, similarly to how I'm talking about with Thornhill as that free safety. And he's not all that great actually. Um, and they move him the cornerback and he did have success. And I know pro football focus noted that, um, He's very similar to Byron Jones. So I could understand how some teams are going to want to just kind of get, get over the experiment with free safety and move him to the outside. And that's where I think he falls a little bit. But I just noted that Byron Jones, with all the projection, with a small school, had the athleticism and had the versatility. And someone in Dallas said, we're going to make it work in round one. Um, and also the Raiders in round one said the same thing about a kid from Connecticut, Obi Melifonwu, you know, uh, just he had an insane combine. And he was way more raw than... Uh, then Juan Thornhill, he did show some pretty elite ability in, in terms of his free safety and his ability to cover a lot of ground with his, he was like 6'4". Like he was like Cam Chancellor size, but like moved really good. Um, and, but he was so super, he was super raw and he still ended up going in round one. Um, Terrell Edmonds uh, was a former cor uh, cornerback who uh, 
he ended up, I think he broke his hand or broke his wrist in, in his uh, last year at college. Um, so it was really, you know, a cornerback who turned to safety was super raw in his first year at safety, but went to the combine, had a huge, you know, uh, Byron Jones obviously turned into a hit. It took a lot of time for him to turn into a hit, but turned into a bit of a hit. obi Mount Fonwu um, got cut by the Raiders, mainly due to injuries, but now he's on the Patriots, so we'll see how that works out. And then Terrell Edmonds is entering year two in Pittsburgh. I mean... Whether or not these guys were hits, the fact of the matter is they all three of them went in round one just purely based on athleticism. Where, like I said, they were all just raw and they were all, you're not really sure what exactly their position is going to be. You kind of squint your eyes and put them, you know, is he a free? Is he a strong? Is he just a dime player, you know? Um, but they all went in round one. So I keep thinking, like, at some point, somebody's going to sit here and take Juan Thornhill at round one because, you know, they see Byron Jones, or they see the same thing the Steelers saw in Terrell Edmonds, or they see the same thing the Raiders saw in Obi, and they're saying, this is a freak athlete who, could we put him on the outside? Sure. Could we put him at free safety? Sure. Is he just a dime player? Is it the worst thing if we just if we just drafted a really athletic dime player who can play against tight ends? You know, that's where at the end of the day, you're, you might just sit back and say uh, that Juan Thornhill might be a first round player. Yeah, he's going to be a player, Parks, and I could see, like you said, a team coming up and just taking him in the first just because, you know, we'll figure out, like, where this guy can play, but he's so versatile. Um, but we can move on, Parks, to another guy I know we both like here, Taylor Rapp, the junior from Washington, um, came in to the combine at a little bit under six foot, 5'11 and three quarters, uh, 208. He ended up uh, not running at the combine because he had a groin injury that kept him out of the Rose Bowl. And then his pro day, Daniel Jeremiah and Rob Rang both clocked him between 474 and 477, which isn't great. But I know he's still trying to bounce back from that groin injury. Whenever you watch this film, though, Parks, what did you like about him? I know that 40, it's just, it's, it's devastating because uh, I was a big. And that's what uh, Jake Browning ran this four seven four two. So yikes! Yeah, I just that, that stinks for Taylor Rapp, and you always knew that his speed was one of his, you know, uh, wasn't his best attribute. And I always noted that you know his best attributes are, you know, I'm going back to the three cut and the short shuttle. You know, his short area burst and change of direction ability, and that's exactly what you, you know, that's what you see on video. It matched up to the, you know, the play. Um, I just didn't think he was going to be that slow because that's close to, you know, I, I was. Talking about you got to pass some thresholds um there aren't many players you know and i know it's a pro day but pro days are supposed to be faster you know you're supposed to you know get that little bump at your pro day but um you know nobody really run tony jefferson's like the only player who really ran as slow as him and had you know some real success i mean tony jefferson is one of the better safeties in the nfl and you know uh could, could you see Taylor Rapp in a similar role as Tony Jefferson thriving and having success? Absolutely, because he is a somewhat, you know, he's not going to play that free single high, but he's somewhat of a combination safety in that he can do a lot of different things. Um, where I just think he's the best is playing against tight ends. And he's a very, um, you know, today player, I guess you could kind of say, or he's perfect for today's NFL, where, you know, you might just stick him in the box and say, is he a linebacker? No, he's, he's a really small, you know, uh, you know, he's way too small to be a linebacker, but he's going to play in the box. And when they motion tight ends out wide, he's going to be there. And when they motion running backs out wide, he's going to be there and he's going to defend the run um, better than anybody. That's what I really noted about him was um, in the angles that he takes. And that's where, you know, you're a little bit less worried about the speed because the angles that he takes are just perfect. The, the IQ that he plays with is just really, really good. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Ben Burke who ran a four five. 
five, you know, there were a lot of situations where Taylor Rapp beat Ben Burkirvan to the spot and Taylor Rapp is a safety and Ben Burkirvan's a linebacker, you know, so Rapp is playing from further away and just because of the angles and because, and I mean, Burkirvan's a pretty instinctive player, but because of the way that Taylor Rapp was playing, just got to the football, got to the line of scrimmage, kicked the play inside. Um, just an insanely efficient tackler. I don't think, uh, he might be the number one tackler by pro football focus. Um, yeah, number one in tackling efficiency by pro football focus. And I mean, he, he is just perfect. You know, um, he goes low, he wraps up, um, just, yeah, it, it's a really, really sound tackler. And that's where I just keep saying, you know, yes, he's undersized. Yes, he's like 210, but you stick him in the box and because of his angles and because of his instinctive movements, um, he can defend the run really sound enough and just be, you know, maybe he's just a dime player in the NFL. Everybody's playing dime in the NFL. Like It's like we're playing dime like 30, 40% of the time now. So this is a guy who's going to be on the field at least 40% of the time, you know, if not more. And, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, you think NFL players, you know, not many of them play more than, you know, 90% of the snaps. Um, and when you have a chess piece like Taylor Rapp, who can defend the run, but also defend tight ends, I think he's really great against tight ends because of one, how physical he is, just like checking him with his hands. And then, you know, you can see how smart he is. And then the ball awareness, he can really break plays up, but also that fluidity and change of direction where, you know, even those bigger, you know, former wide receivers that are just, you know, faster tight ends, he can hang with these guys. Um, and then, like I keep saying, you know, he can get out to the flats too. So, yeah, he's not a free safety, and maybe he is just, you know, a versatile chess piece. But you absolutely – every team – I keep saying every team needs a player like Taylor Rapp. Every team needs a player like this guy. But it's true that every team needs a player uh, like Taylor Rapp because he's, he's so impressive against the run. And when you can add his run defense with the fact that he can match up um, with, you know, box players – um, you just stick him in the box and make it work, and you say, okay, he's not going to chase someone down from behind. We didn't draft him to chase someone down from behind, so this, this, he's not necessarily fast, but the short area burst shows well enough um, that I would take a chance on Taylor Rapp and understand his limitations, but understand that when I put him in the right spot, he's going to be like a, a really, really efficient player. I still think that his groin injury is still lingering a little bit for him, Parks. Like you said, I, that's a guy I definitely would take a chance on. We can move on, Parks, to a kid from a smaller school here now, Nasir Adderley from – Delaware, the senior, came into the combine at 5'11 and three quarters, 206. Uh, he did not run there, though, Parks. But whenever you watched his game, what did you like about it? And he actually did. I think he went to his pro day and uh, he didn't run it or he pulled up with a hammy at his pro day, but he jumped really explosive. And I think he had another like a couple good drills at his pro day. So um, he was looking like a pretty I mean, he looks like a pretty good athlete at Delaware. And I always say when you watch these guys, it's got to take you a few plays to notice him. And for Adderley, it certainly does. You know, he stands out in that regard. And, you know, I keep talking about a lot of these players and, you know, I was saying Deontay Thompson has that chance to be a single high, maybe, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Juan Thornhill they're also all potential um I think Adderley's the guy that is just like he's purely he just put him in there as a single high safety he's a free safety single high and that's just what he's gonna be so um and you know we'll kind of get to it I don't think he's too too great in the box but also you know that is a rare ability and if he can pull this off and you know become worth his draft stock you know coming from Maryland or uh, Delaware that would be a you know a great feat for him and he would be a really good player so it's going to be interesting to see if he can play that single high you know transitioning from small school to the NFL pretty rapidly obviously um and it helps that that tested athleticism shows that maybe he can take this jump because like I said a few plays in you can really see 
um, his ability to go get the football, you know, and his ability to move sideline to sideline. And a lot of it, though, you're just watching it and you're just like, this guy is way too big and way too fast. And he's just destroying these people. And just none of them are even, you know, well equipped to play with him. And while, yes, the athleticism is really good and his ball skills are really good, too, to where, you know, he can get from, you know, one hash to the corner of the end zone and he can make that catch on the ball, you know, and just kind of rob guys from it. So that's where I keep saying, you no, know, he could be a single high safety. But um, and, you know, everybody's going to show, especially when he gets drafted, you're going to see that uh, his kick return where uh, he just knocks a dude out just completely. This dude runs into him. He's returning the kick. Dude runs into him. Adderley shoulders him and the guy just falls over. And then Adderley continues to run for a touchdown. So uh, you're definitely going to see that. But that's where I'm just saying that he's so much more physically imposing than anybody that there's a lot of his tape where it's like really poor play, in my opinion, like really like project type of stuff where you're saying, okay, he over pursued this, like, you know, just got completely baited by the quarterback, but the quarterback's arm is so weak that he was able to recover and make the play on the football. I'm like, that's not going to happen in the NFL. You know, nobody's arm is going to be that weak in the NFL. You're not going to be able to recover. We're like, yes, he has the athleticism and yes, he actually should be able to recover in some regards in the NFL, we're talking about games of inches, you know, we're not talking about he took himself out of the play and then recovered. You know, that's not, that's not how it works in the NFL. So that's where I definitely have some reservations with him. Um, there was his tackling was hot and cold. In my opinion, there were some where it was really strong. There were some where he just completely, you know, over aggressive misdiagnosing everything. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you could put some of it back to playing at this small school. He obviously stands out against these players He's trying to make something happen every single play, but a lot of it was just way too over aggressive. And I'm standing here saying he completely took himself out of the play. Oh yeah. Oh, he made the play. You know, he made up for it, but you know, you do watch it and you're like, that's not good. You know, you, you pointed out, you're just like, that's not good. So um, we'll see. And uh, he's definitely, he definitely has to play in that free safety role. You just hope that, you know, you hope that a lot of what he was doing was, like I said, just making plays to try and get some attention on himself versus, you know, when he gets to the NFL, he's going to be a lot more um, sound in his role because, yeah, I, th I thought he went, you know, uh, fishing for a lot of stuff that wasn't there, took himself out. And then, you know, because of circumstances, you know, so that's where some of his best plays were. Honestly, there's a play where he tracks it like Willie Mays center field. And you say the only reason he did that was because play action made him run 10 yards, you know, uh, you know, to the line of scrimmage. And then he had to turn around and, you know, track it like Willie Mays. If he was actually where he was supposed to be, he would have just picked it off with ease. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just things like that where it's going to be interesting in terms of his projection against bad players. Parks, we'll move on to uh, another guy here, um, Amani Hooker, the junior from Iowa. Uh, the coach has actually created a new like safety linebacker hybrid position for him uh, this past season in their defense, and he ended up winning the Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year Award. He came into the combine at 5'11 and 3'8", 210 pounds, ran a 4'48". So a lot of these guys, you know, really good athletes, showed really good speed whenever they tested. Um, he did also really well in the, uh, the three-cone in his jumps are really good as well. What did you like about him whenever you watched him, Parks? Just another versatile player, really. I was about to say, if you listen to the rest of this podcast, you would hear me say, he's going to be, you know, he's fit for today's NFL. And uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, they created a specific position where, um, you know, what have I talked about with a lot of these guys, you know, can defend tight ends, can defend the run, can defend slot receivers, can defend, you know, running backs out of the backfield. Um, that's what they did with Amani Hooker. And he's going to fall, you know, he might not be a first you know, some people are having him out of the second round. I think he's definitely a second round player, but um, 
he's going to fall a little bit because teams say, well, they tried him at outside cornerback and it didn't work. You know, he's not, you know, uh, big enough. He's not fast enough. He's not an outside cornerback. You know, he's not a free safety. Is he even a strong safety? You know, he's this box player. You know, what is he? And I'm saying, you know, he's a little bit everything, you know, and that's what you need in today's NFL. You know, if that tight end goes out wide, he has outside quarterback qualities. Um, you know, if he has to go into the box and defend the run, he can. Um, is he potentially just a dime player in the NFL? I keep saying it. You need dime players in the NFL that can defend the run and can defend tight ends. That's important now. Um and yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I keep saying this is like the same thing as Desmond King all over again. And Desmond King's a great, you know, nickel type of dime player too in the NFL where, um, you know, a lot of people said, oh, he's too slow, you know, couldn't play on the outside at Iowa. Oh, he's not really a safety either. You know, I think even the Chargers tried him at safety after drafting him in the fourth round. And then, you know, oh, we just stuck him in the box and he's a versatile player who makes plays on the football. It's like, <laughs> you know, here we go again with Amani Hooker, who's actually bigger and more physical and uh, more athletic than Desmond King even. So, I mean, I really do. I, I like his upside. And he's a player where you watch him and you're just saying, man, He's so instinctive and he breaks on the ball really quickly. And, you know, is it just the Big Ten? Is he, is he not really, you know, all that athletic and he's just got, you know, he's a really smart player with pretty good foot quickness and, you know, can hang with tight ends and can, you know, just really make plays on the football in space. But then he goes to the combine where, like you said, he put up really strong numbers. So um, I do really like him. I You know, what's his position? He's a little bit of everything. You know, he's that player that can play against tight ends and running backs. And that's exactly what you need in today's NFL. So he's another player that I would definitely take a shot on. I really like uh, his instincts. You know, and I, you know, I keep saying, no, oh, Jonathan Abrams, you know, NFL.com's top, you know, safety I think Amani Hooker's right there with him. You know, why wouldn't he be? You know, I think he's even a better tackler than Abrams. So, um, and he's, you know, he brings that smart, instinctive, you know, ability where I could see him being that vocal leader of a defense as well. So, yeah, I definitely like, you know, Hooker. And as we keep going down the list, you know, more players I like. Park. So a lot of these guys, like we talked about before the pod, are really, um, really just like lumped together. It'll be interesting to see, like, you know, who separates themselves as they start playing in the NFL. But we'll move on to our next guy here, Marquise Blair, senior from Utah. Came into the combine six one and a quarter, one ninety five. Another guy that ran really well from the safety position. He ran a four four eight. Um, had a really explosive broad jump as well. Whenever you watch this film, Parks, what did you like about him? At, um, he's a guy where I forget who uh, I was watching the Utah linebackers and was just like, man, I really got to dig into Marquise Blair because this dude is everywhere and he's a missile too. You know, a little bit similarly to like. Uh, if you miss on, uh, you know, Darnell Savage or, you know, it'll be interesting to see where him and Savage go in comparison to each other because, you know, just undersized players, but just some serious missiles. Um, I think Blair would be a player that maybe you do put in that safety role because I do really like his abilities um, potentially going sideline to sideline. And he has that, you know, deep or he has that speed where he can really, you know, make up on plays and he has those instincts and he can make plays on the football. And um, the one thing he does is – uh he can separate the player from the football pretty well. And, you know, sometimes that does make him uh, too aggressive. I actually think NFL.com noted that he uh, led the nation in targeting penalties and also got kicked out of a few games too because he just plays with that insane aggressive, uh, you know, tendencies. And he is a little bit undersized too. And that's where I, I don't love him in the box because, um, you know, similar to some of these guys, tight ends could probably get the better of him just based on like the size perspective. But he is really good in terms of that ability to, um, 
get downhill and make plays on the football, you know, whether it be in the flats or the backfield or, you know, everything like that. But I would probably give him his first shot in terms of free safety, because I think just in that back end playing with that aggressive mentality, maybe it'll get you caught a few times. And, you know, I think he would be best like as a versatile, you know, move him in, move him in and out of the, you know, free, strong, you know, kind of a combination player could play that robber role too. So, um, that's right. You know, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. I, yeah, I think he was uh, – here, I have it by Pro Football Focus. He was uh, second in yards per cover snap, first in cover snaps per target, and then second in cover snaps per reception. Um, he has a really high uh, completion percentage allowed and first down percentage allowed because he's playing that, you know, deep free safety role. So when things do get caught, they're in front of him. But like I kind of said, he has that Earl Thomas effect. At least he did at the college level, where because he was back there and because he was so fast and so aggressive and just made you know so many hits and so many plays on the football that um, you know teams just stopped throwing deep because of a guy like Marquise Blair was out there. And when you you know okay, he's a little undersized, he's a little over aggressive. Um, you know sometimes he's a little bit you know too much. But you know when you have that ability where they say you know we're not going to throw it to Blair towards Blair because it usually doesn't result in good things. Um, that's something that you want to keep track on and, you know, say, okay, this guy could really be something uh, moving forward to the NFL. So he is, he's like 190 pounds and uh, his change of direction wasn't great. And that's where, you know, is he a free safety? Where, like I said, maybe he's a combination player. Maybe he's, a, you know, in a Tampa two type of scheme. He could really play that too high role um, and just really shut down, you know, half of the football field. Um, would that be best for him potentially? Um, that's where he's a little more scheme dependent, but um I do like his chances because he makes plays on the football. And like I said, you know, uh, teams got wised up to Blair and stopped throwing towards him uh, at his time at Utah. Hey, Parks, next guy on our list here, uh, Jaquan Johnson from Miami. The senior came into the combine 5'10 in an eighth, 191. Um, ended up running a 4'6 and 9, 40 there. Um, definitely would have liked to see more out of him there. I'm looking at his arm length is in the one percentile. His hand size and wingspan are in the 12th and 17th, so a little bit undersized. But whenever you watch this film, um, he did lead Miami in tackles his junior and season, junior and senior seasons. Um, what did you like about his game, and is it is he just a better football player than how he tested? I think he is a pretty good football player. It will be interesting to see, you know, where he ends up in the NFL because he, you know, at Miami, he was pretty versatile in terms of his usage as well with, you know, the guy we're actually probably going to talk about next. So, um, Sometimes he would play in the box. Sometimes he would play single high. Um, but he really reminded me of Mike Mitchell in terms of he could play that deep safety like Mitchell did and just really brings that physical nature. But some of his best play is um, coming downhill and defending the run. You know, from just taking those, you know, where, like I said, some of these players, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson when he was free safety with that, in, you know, that amount of uh, space between him and the, him and the football can really mess up some of his angles. Um, he takes good angles to the football and can really get downhill fast. And, uh, you know, that's where some of his issues come down to. Okay, his best attribute is when he's, you know, far away from the football, can, you know, really go, you know, go get the football. He can play. He's pretty smart in coverage where, like you said, you know, it shows more on his video than it shows in his athleticism. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have the best ball skills. 
He lets things get over his head. Um, you know, this is where you know a lot of Steelers fans are like, okay, this is the Mike Mitchell we remember. <laughs> so, um, you know, but that's that's where I really think you know you, it's kind of the best of both worlds with him, where you know you potentially get a you know a free safety who has that ability to really rock your world in terms of you know his uh, physical presence, but then you also have the you know. Well, he's just not fast enough and couldn't get there, you know. Well, you know, he's probably better off in that too deep scheme, you know. Uh, well, he missed that one, you know. So it has its ups and downs. I think, you know, we're kind of similar to Mitchell, you know. At his best, he's probably like an average safety in the NFL. But, you know, potentially, you know, at his worst, I think, you know, because I love his angles and because I like his uh, tackling ability, you know, special teams, you know, <laughs> you draft him and there's like no matter what, he's going to be a special teams player. But then you could get some, uh, you know, if you put him in a too high scheme and you let him play deep and you let him be physical um, and kind of, you know, uh, unchain him a little bit and, you know, let him go out and, you know, be who he is, um, you could get some starter safety play out of him. But at the very worst, you're getting a really solid special teamer. And that's where, you know, at the very worst, he's going to go in like round four probably round four or five but uh that's where yeah i think there was like a somewhat of a teardrop off where like some of those guys we just talked about were some of the you know real potential starters and then these are you know potential role players where like i said you know at the very worst um you really like him on special teams because of his uh speed physicality and downhill nature folks we can move on to his college and high school teammate uh shelter gredwine another senior from miami at the combine he came in at Rated six foot one ninety six. He ended up running a four 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 forty, um, and he did really well in the jumps and the twenty yard shuttle as well. Parks had a little bit more size to him than Jaquan Johnson. Whenever you watched his film, though, Parks, what did you like about him? actually did kind of prefer him to Jaquan Johnson. Um, and he is pretty versatile too, where, you know, he played a little bit of single high, played some two high, played in the box. Um, I kind of see him profiling, uh, as that, you know, we're like I said, you know, some of these, you know, top guys, maybe their, you know, downside is a dime linebacker, a dime, uh, you know, safety, everything like that. I think he is just a plug and play type of dime player where, yeah, there's not the best upside, but he's a he's a physical player. And I think his best attribute is uh, blitzing off of the line of scrimmage, you know, similar to, you know, how you see some of these really aggressive uh, slot cornerbacks and their ability to blitz off of the line of scrimmage. He has that, you know, really quick instinct, uh, quick twitch instincts, and he can. Re- he's a physical player. Um, I really like him just, you know, lining up, you know, maybe over a tight end and, you know, just blitzing off of the line of scrimmage, things like that. So is he really a safety? I mean, he's too undersized to be like a, a strong safety, downhill, run defender, everything like that. Um, I don't even think, you know, I don't really think of him in that regard. Um, doesn't really take the best angles in that uh, either, but then you know he's definitely not a free safety. Um, just I don't think he's the best in terms of his coverage, his diagnosis. There's a few plays where you can see him reading the quarterback and making plays on the ball in that short area, you know, burst. Where like I said, I think that's pretty good in his regard. But that's where you know what is he in the NFL? He's going to fall in the draft because a lot of people are saying what is he in the NFL. But I think he is a player where you can stick him, you know. Tight ends, running backs, he can blitz off of the edge. He can defend slot uh, cornerbacks. Um, I think he's more physical. You know, you can stick him in their face. Where, Like I said, he's not the best in coverage in terms of deep safety. But I think when you can get him pressed up on somebody and, you know, he can get his hands on somebody, he can use his physical um, and, you know, athleticism 
for that in the NFL. And then, you know, hey, similarly to Jaquan Johnson, at the very worst, you're definitely getting a special teamer because uh, I think both of them are pretty sound overall players. It's just, you know, you're wondering what their fit is. They played pretty well together. Like you said, I I didn't even realize, you know, from uh, high school all the way through college. So, yeah, I mean, they mix and match really well together. It's just you're saying, like, you know, where are you going to find that perfect piece to, you know, mix and match him in the NFL? They're both probably just role players in the NFL. But I feel like they, you know, like I said, Jaquan, I think he's kind of like a too high, you know, deep safety. Uh, Sheldrick, I think, is more of like a dime player. But, I mean, both of them, those are both roles in the NFL. So um, I like both of their chances a little bit. Parks, last guy we'll talk about today, uh, Mike Edwards, redshirt senior from Kentucky at the Combine, came in at 5'10 and a half, 205 pounds. He did not run there. Yeah, he had a second pro day because he's completely healed now from a broken thumb. He unofficially ran a 4.540 and posted a 37-inch vertical leap. What did you like about his game whenever you watched him? Yeah, he's an interesting player, and I think he's similar to Sheldrick Redwine in um, especially, um, you know, he doesn't have the speed to be that, you know, deep free safety, and he didn't really play that deep free safety. For the most part, last year, he was in the slot for Kentucky. And that's kind of, you know, you know, similarly to he's like that poor man's Chauncey Gardner Johnson, you know, um, kind of a safety that it didn't really work out for him. But you stick him in the slot and, you know, sometimes it is easier as a tackler, you know, in that sh- quicker um, short area spaces. And he's a very aggressive player. Um, so kind of, you know, to put that aggression a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. I think it did work out for him in the best, and I think that's where he's going to be, you know, best in the NFL as well. The issue with him is he doesn't really have the foot quickness, and, you know, there's going to be some mismatches. You know, he is a player where if you have a a physical tight end, you could trust sticking him on him. But, you know, where, like I said, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, is so big and so physical, but also has the foot quickness to match up with slot receivers. I don't think he has that type of foot quickness where, you know, quicker running backs, quicker slot receivers, that's not really his best attribute. So, you know, he's a little bit more matchup specific. He's a very specific role player and that, you know, some of his best attribute is just being a, uh, you know, like a slot player who can defend the run, who can blitz off the edge, but can only kind of defend bigger slot players and tight ends. So that's just really where I see him in the NFL is just, you know, his ceiling is capped in all those regards. And if you don't put him in those situations, um, I don't think he's going to thrive in the NFL. But if you do put him in there, then I think you could at least have some type of success. So it'll be interesting to see where he checks in at. But um, that's definitely where I see him. And like I kind of said, I think he that's like a fourth or fifth round type of player probably in the NFL, especially when you don't know exactly what his projection is. So um, yeah, just, I mean, a a good solid player who, um, you know, you just, you don't trust his upside in the NFL and you don't trust that he's going to be the most scheme dependent player in, like I said, I don't think he's a free safety for sure. So you pretty much just stick him in the slot and just hope he works with that role. Parks, that does it for at least the, uh, the first safeties that we'll talk about um we're gonna end up going back through i know touching on some running backs and wide receivers that we wanted to get to on the offensive side and probably touch on every position again on the defense just adding some more guys on top of the dozen that we did on the uh the position preview at least to start parks um do you have anything else that you want to add today for the lovely listeners oh yeah that's it like uh we kind of talked about before the podcast from now on it's kind of just going to be my sleepers you know, some guys that we just went through NFL Network's top 12 at every position. So um, now it's going to be the guys that NFL Network didn't, or NFL.com, whatever, same thing. Uh, whatever they didn't put as one of their top 12 guys. Um, some of the guys that I think stand out. So uh, definitely pay attention to these because these are going to be the guys that 
went late, but I'm going to be, you know, the one cheering each pick on. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Absolutely, guys. We'll catch you next time.